This is the Power of Osmosis Podcast, powered by the Vidwheel Creator Network. Hi, everyone. This is the Power of Osmosis Video Podcast, powered by Vidwheel Creator Network. I am John Osberg, and I am joined in studio today by a good friend and someone who's already been on the show, Bob Pawalski of Alliance Advisory Group. Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to have you here, good brother. Good to be back. I'm glad to have you. And, uh, you know, we've already had Bob on the show, as I mentioned. And in that conversation, as a refresher for the audience, we talked more about Bob's origin story, um, his passion, his why behind what he does in the realms of financial planning and financial wellness, um, again, with Alliance Advisory Group. So today we're going to change things up. As always, though, with the, the forefront, the forethought, I should say, of this is going to be a conversation that is going to get deeper into the process of which Bob deploys his skills and his resources to our communities, both local and abroad. But I want this to be very um, impactful and resonant for our listeners and watchers. And I always like to joke millions of them because there's never been a time right now where, where our finances have mattered most. Health is one, as I always preach, mental health, physical, everything. Um, but a close second, if you will, because if you're going to have good health, you should have some finances to back it if you need to, anything like that. Um, so this is going to be an important conversation for our listeners. And again, Bob, I know I'm, I'm getting a little carried away here, but uh, I'm just really excited to have you here. And I would like to start, if you don't mind, for our listeners and watchers, just a refresher on you and what you're doing. Sure. Um, so as you mentioned, Bob Pawalski, Alliance Advisory Group, I've been in the planning business for over a decade. Um I started right out of college. It was a little bit of dumb luck how I found, that's a story in and of itself, of how I actually landed at, um, at Alliance. I think you told that story in pod one. I mean, or maybe part of it? Maybe part of it, but- honestly, Your origin story is inspiring. Yeah, so this so was just dumb luck. But, um, dumb luck. And you know, now it's, you know, fast forward a decade. And uh, it, it seems like it was just, you know, yesterday that I started. Uh, but as I mentioned last time, yeah, I love what I do. I love what I do. I get to meet new people every single day, um, help them out in an area that I feel there's a great need for um, in this country. And I just, I feel very blessed to be able to do that day in and day out. So glad to hear that, man. And, you know, fellow Purple Eagles, of course, with that Vincentian mindset of helping, you know, whether, I mean, this this is the Vincentian mindset of helping the, you know, the underserved, the never served, the underprivileged, but in a sense too, it's just, it's just helping, right? Just giving. Um, giving of your time, your effort, your knowledge, your skills um, in order to make impact and to, you know, really to support and enrich the lives of our community members with us. So in that, let's get more specific so that, again, we laid in this with just kind of gold nuggets and tips for our audience, right? Just things to think about, you know, yeah. think about it like, you know, right now we've got, I don't know, in a perfect world one day, we'll have, you know, 20, 30 people in here sometime listening to this in live format, but it'll also be re- recorded. But you got the some of our community members here with you, right? Using our imagination and our creativity, and and you want to talk more about process and what that looks like with what you're doing. Where do you start? You know, where do you start, and what do you want them to know so that they are in a better position to make decisions that uh, will improve their lives in whatever realm? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I, I think to uh, to kind of take a step before that. Sure. What I would pose. Um, to if there was an audience or the people that are listening is the challenges that people face continually when they try to make financial decisions or aim to make financial decisions. There's challenges that we all face. 
just due to the way that society's set up. Um, and I think it'd be helpful to go over a couple of those. So one of the challenges that I typically see almost 90% of the time is when working with an individual or just everybody in life in general, it's not uncommon to be working with five to 12 different advisors and institutions at any one point in time. So what I mean by that is you might have an accountant doing your taxes. You know, the job of the accountant is typically to help save taxes this year. You might have a property casualty insurance agent doing home auto liability. You might have a 401k advisor helping you with your 401k selection. You might have a banker or trust officer. You might have a real estate professional. Uh, you might have an investment advisor, insurance broker, down the line, and then everybody's got a family member that yeah, is yeah, giving them financial advice. I got those. And <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the, the reality is it's like the client's in the middle. And all of these advisors, they're awesome in their individual space. You know, I, I'm not taking anything away from that. The challenge just from a planning perspective is, you know, when do you think the last time that all those advisors got in the same room at the same time and had a board of directors meeting for the client? And oftentimes, you know, we see that it doesn't happen. You know, it's a challenge. So uh, understanding that, number one, because, well, I'll pose it to you. If that doesn't occur, what do you think can happen to the financial plan? Uh, you misalign, and great question. Thanks for flipping it back to me. I, you know, I, I always think about, you know, we have a voice or maybe one or two voices, right? So you have your own internal voice, mm -hmm. right? And then you have the voice of those that you really care about that are in your inner orbit, your inner circle. So in a sense, it's like you're just, your, your mind is clouded by all these different voices. Again, not to insinuate that. We, we all know those types of professionals. They're fantastic. But the concept here is uniformity so that you can create the most impact and value for the client, your client. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's the general theme is we are on the same team. Like everybody should be on the same team working together uh, in the client's best interest. Mm -hmm. So in doing that and taking that approach, the goal should be to eliminate blind spots, eliminate inefficiencies, mm -hmm. and make sure everybody's working towards the same goal. Which by the way, all of the money stuff, all of the, the tools and things like that, it is irrelevant unless you have defined that future vision for the client, what you're working towards. I mean, that that is paramount before diving into the how-to. So oftentimes, you know, we can we can very easily get into the money and and the numbers and rate of return and all of that stuff. You know, a lot of the, a lot of money decisions tend to be emotional. So one of the 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 key objectives should be to help individuals align their actions what they want to have happen emotionally and just align their actions with their money so they make sure that they're moving towards it. What's that rooted in? And I'll just answer my own question, but it's relationships, man. It's trust, it's rapport, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's friendship even too. I, I mean, how many of your clients are friends of yours? Yeah, it's a great point. You know, I, actually I was talking with a friend about that the other day and I just feel extremely fortunate um, for the relationships that I've had just through my profession over the years of maybe some people that otherwise I might have lost touch with or just life gets busy, yeah. just due to the nature of what I do, I've been able to keep in touch. And I, it's just, that's a really cool part about what I do. And I, feel, I mean, it feels good too, to be, again, a person of impact, to, to be needed, to, to again, know that you're enriching the lives of others, man. I mean, that's what self-actualization is all about. It's mm -hmm. to, like you said, define that vision in advance so that you know what you're working towards, mm -hmm. you know, that, that goal, mm -hmm. you know, because, Exactly that. Like, and you also have to have a bit of imagination too. Like, what does third for me? What does thirty or thirty-five years from now look like for potentially retiring? You know, um, I'm sure my life will have evolved in many ways, and 
Um, I just, I just, there's a lot of credence, I think, that goes to that goal and that vision. Yeah. Yeah. So that said, though, you know, the process, right? So, like, maybe we've talked some of the challenges and um, maybe we we kind of um, let the the audience know about what that looks like, you know, in terms of addressing these challenges through the process of which you're deploying your financial, you know, insights. So that that's um, it's a great question. The the process it's I almost look at it in like two phases. Of course, when you're doing comprehensive planning, there's an initial process that you would take someone through. You know, and I'll go into that a little bit. Wealth building in general, though, is a process. You know, like anything, like anything. I, I mean, oftentimes it's you hear on TV. It's like, hey, you know, this hot stock, boom, boom, and just get rich quick. That can happen, you know, it can happen, but for a lot of people, that's not the process. It is, you know, it is working the principles that have stood true, that have stood the test of time. And if you're able to do that over time, allocate resources in the right places, over time, you're going to be a success. So um, I almost look at it in two phases, initial process, how do you walk through? And then it's not just a process and see you later, you know, it's, it's an ongoing, it's almost like a coaching type relationship. You know, that's really how, yes, we're advisors, yes, we're planners, yes, we're strategists, but how we view ourselves and we hope our clients view uh, us in their lives is more like a coaching type relationship. You know, it's not enough to draw up the plan, it's to really help work that plan throughout time and be that, just that resource with people along the way to make sure that they get to where they wanna go. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, the coach kind of role, the coach archetype is one that should be um, you know, consultative of sorts, right? So, you know, versus prescriptive, where it's like, you know, everyone's situation is different, right? Yeah. So, and, and you're going to take, you're going to do your best and you will, you know, understand what that person's situation is like so that you can then give them the best two, three, four, whatever it is, uh, options on the table, consideration with whatever it is we're doing here, right? So I love the consultative, the, the language, even the intentionality of which you're saying things like, you know, I talk to my clients about considering Right. It's, it's like, yeah, you are um, a professional, um, but again, it's all rooted in it's all rooted in relationships. And so trying to understand the person, what makes them tick, what their goals are. I mean, that's all part of this equation. I talk about a life equation. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an equation then on how do you get to a point of financial freedom? Right. Right. So so talk to me more than like, where can we start? Where can our audience again listening? I, I preface this at the beginning of the conversation. Some some tips and tricks that might be helpful or just some things to think about um, as they move forward through their their lives. Yeah. So step one uh, would be to get financially organized. You know, you have to understand almost like going to the doctor, right? If you're a doctor and I go to see you and I say, Hey doc, I got a bum knee. And you look at me and I turn around and you already got the shot and you're ready to stick. What's this? What are you doing? What's going on? You know, you're going to, you're going to ask me, you're going to ask me questions. You're going to ask what's going on. You're going to understand the entirety of the patient. So diagnostic. Exactly. You have to understand where things are at first. So step one is we have a unique tool that we use where we get everything that has to do with a person's wealth, money, just personal economy together on one page. Personal economy. And wow. that that that's like step one to be able to understand where things are at. So once you have, we call it like a financial MRI, once you see that MRI, then you're able to start to begin to understand where things are at. And then that's when the education really starts. So in the beginning, it's get organized, questions, understand where you're headed, where things are at, challenges you're facing, a lot of questioning, very consultative. And then once we have that, then that's where the process and the education process really begins. Okay, so so you're, you're defining that then, you know, 
you're doing that diagnostic work. Now you know, okay, here's where we're at, what's next? So next is, there. there's guidelines or principles that we go over with clients to coach financial decisions throughout life. And that has to do with the way um, it has to do with the way that the economy is set up. Like when you and I make a financial decision, there are three areas of the economy that affect every single decision that we make. You know whether we choose to believe it or not. Those three sectors are the government, corporations, and financial institutions. Those three. So each of those three sectors, they're in the business of wealth transfer. Who do they get most of the wealth from? Us, right? So they're in business, which isn't bad. We need them in society to exist, uh, but they're in business to transfer wealth away from us and to them. So take, for example, the government. How does the government transfer wealth away from us? Taxes. Taxes. So think of all the taxes that we pay besides federal and state. Corporate tax. That's big. Right. Excise tax, FICA, Medicare, Medicaid, state tax, luxury. It's like the list goes on and on and on. Wealth is eroded. Uh, corporations just think society, right? We're America, media gratification society. They compete for spending dollars. So, um, you know, companies competing with each other, Apple competing with Samsung, um, product wear and tear, shipping and handling, all of these rules that they institute, um, that really they compete for the spending dollars, right? Mm -hmm. We want it now. We buy things now, technological changes. Think of life 10 years ago to what it is today. You know, I don't want to interrupt you, but I've never really thought of it like this. Like even in real time here, having this conversation, that's like, Think about it's, a mind, it's a game, it's almost a game changer for me, at least is where I'm from sitting. You know, we're all unique. We all have our own proclivities and mindsets, experiences, perceptions, but mm -hmm. when you really step back and look at the constructs that we're kind of working within, right? The framework that's, that's insightful. I mean, that's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's almost like it, it just piece by piece, right? So taxes corporations for the spending dollars. So the third sector is financial institutions, which they are a business. What's the purpose of the business? Make a profit. Make profits, Make right? Money. They're one of the most profitable institutions in this country. So there's essentially, you know, give or take four rules that most financial institutions follow to ensure um, that they're profitable. Mm. I'll just go over them real quick. Number one, they want our money. So they need money flown in, needed to survive. Just picture your bank, nothing wrong with that. They want it on a consistent, ongoing basis. They want to hold on to it for as long as possible. Uh, and a lot of times give back as little as possible, right? So they want our money, consistent on going, hold on to it for a long period of time. Um, you know, get back, as little as get back as little as possible, right? Again, nothing wrong with that, just kind of the way things are set up. Sure. So a couple examples. If you think about different financial vehicles, it starts to shed some light to, you know, this is actually a reality. Why they're useful, why we need these, sure. these vehicles you're talking about. Sure. So think of, like, think of a 401k. How do we fund a 401k? Is it like end of the year, plop it in? Systematic, right? Correct. Systematic out of our paycheck. How long do they hold on to it for? Until you retire. Until you retire, right? 59 and a half. If it's, if it's pre-tax money, who dictates how much you get back at the end? Yeah. Government, right? So when I started, which by the way, this was taught to me uh, by my mentor. So when I started learning this, that opened my eyes to, okay, now I have some context as to how to make a financial decision. Because the, the fourth sector that I haven't mentioned yet is us, the consumer. And it got me thinking, you know, what guidelines do I use? All these different sectors have like rules that they're governing the business model on. What rules do I have as a consumer in personal finance to ensure that I'm achieving maximum wealth? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the step-by-step? -step? You build a house, there's a blueprint. What's the blueprint to building wealth? Yeah. What, what do you do first and why? How much do you see? All the questions that people are thinking about in their head. Mm 
How much do I save and where do I put it? Um, you know, how big should my house be? How do I attack debt? What's the right way to attack debt? Um, you know, how much liquidity do I need? How much should I contribute or consider contributing to the retirement plan? So there's step-by-step, there's guidelines that we walk through to give context as we walk through this path of financial decision-making. Um, and at that point, we start to walk through what I call a, a not what I call it, it is called a financial scorecard, which it's an assessment, real-time assessment, where do I stand? Based on these rules, where do I stand financially? Am I on track? So there's, in the model that we use, there's four key components. It's a balance sheet at its core but four key components just to the wealth plan. Mm. There's protection, assets, you know, that's where investing, you know, retirement accounts, savings, liabilities, and cash flow. So protection, assets, liabilities, cash flow, all in one model, all in one page. Um, and then, you know, that that's the beginning to just the initial assessment that we do. It's funny, you, you answered a question I wanted to, to ask, but you literally just answered the last maybe 60 seconds with a scorecard, right? This is like kind of balance sheet of sorts, it seems like. And it was, well, what happens, and I got to think this happens in the process for you, is like what happens when people get, over, if they get overwhelmed, you know, there's a lot, this is going on, you know, because again, money, like you said, close to the best, it's, yeah. it's tough. So, but you answer it by, okay, cool. Like we, we, we did the legwork, we, we're building a relationship, we're building rapport. We're, we're taking a look under the under the hood or whatever you want to call it yeah. um, uh, behind the curtains and we're now organizing it in such a manner that then it will eventually through the process show you in a way like that this is it this is your clarity I talk about chasing clarity all the time and corralling critique uh, but in the chasing clarity sense like you're creating clarity through that that, that process and then this what it outputs yeah that's a great point you know that that's that's one of the one of the biggest objectives is we want to increase confidence and clarity in our in our clients' lives. Mm. You know, increase confidence, increase clarity. So, to, to your point of being overwhelmed, that is, I mean, that's a real thing, and that is something that I always like to talk about and address. That there's a lot of stuff that is on the balance sheet. You don't have to do it all at once. It that is honestly why we segment our process into bite-sized pieces. Mm. And again, it's process. It's a 30-year process. It, there's a lot of principles that are in there. That's why it's not enough to draw up a 30-page financial plan and say, hey, see you later, never hear from me again. Uh, we have to help keep you. It's not enough to show you the path. we got to help keep you on the path. Man, you just said principle, process, and path, all in like the last sentence. And, and, and what principle that that brings to mind for me is Kaizen, Japanese term. Little incremental changes and improvements over a long period of time, you know, done daily, done ritually, done with discipline. Mm-hmm. You're a man of discipline. I know that for sure. We talked about that in podcast one, uh, but being disciplined um, because it's like you mentioned, too, it's the immediate gratification thing. But if you can if you can keep it to a point where you can use your imagination and creativity to think about 32 years from now, like what that looks like, you know, or whatever the number is. That's where the discipline and that Kaizen type mindset will allow for. And again, finding that unifying voice that we talked about earlier here, which is, again, someone like yourself within the organization you work for, institution you work with for. And I just, to me, that resonates deeply. And in and, and that, again, it's not going to be overnight. I think we want to make sure that the audience understands that, too. And again, in the time of financial, economic turmoil, job losses, furloughs, pandemic, uncertainty, political division. I mean, the list goes on. You know, this is the this environment has only exacerbated 
the fears and the stress. Again, you mentioned stress at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, And so having the clarity, bringing it back into focus, your clarity and confidence is going to be huge. Yeah. So kudos, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it. Any closing remarks, insights that you want to leave with? Uh, We can even summarize if you wanted to kind of just not rapid fire, but again, you know, to, to, to bring it all back to, to, to focus, to tie it all together with this process discussion. Even if it's a book you're reading or a resource that you, you, that you really enjoy that's helped you along the way, anything at all. You don't know, I, I think in closing, it's just, if there was any advice that I would leave anybody who, you know, who listen to this and listen to the end is um, just where things are at or where things are at. And objectivity, neutrality. Object- yeah. And it's it one of two things is going to happen. You know, the future always, at least financially speaking, I, one of uh, one of the mentors, big mentors in, in our business. Um, and one of his statements that I heard early on in, uh, as a first shot him out, by the way, I love as, an, <laughs> as an advisor was, uh, you know, the future always calls your bluff financially. So there's really only two ways to approach planning. You're either proactive and you're reactive. Mm. And sometimes it's harder to be proactive. In the end, though, that is the better approach. The plan's happening no matter what. You know, whether or not you take action on it, you know where things are at, that's going on. Mm. It's going on in the background. And my advice to anybody is, you know, if you're fortunate enough to find somebody um, that you align with, that you trust, just Taking that initial step and taking action up front and being proactive, it's going to make all the difference. It really does long term. And I've seen it over the years. I've seen it both ways. I've seen individuals that have taken that approach and I've seen the other way mm. where it was kind of head in the sand. I'll worry about it later. Um, and I, if I could leave anybody with any advice, it would be proactive is the way to go. And that's just rooted in, again, vision, imagination, discipline. So these are all things that I love. So. It's been a pleasure, brother, um, and I appreciate your being here and then just imparting the wisdom even um, in real time sitting here, learned uh, quite a bit, and I'm confident that those that listen and watch will also. Um, and so, you know, great, grateful to you, and as always, that I will extend my gratitude over to VidWheel Creative Network. That's who this podcast is powered by, um, all the video and editing and support. Um, I'd be nothing without gratitude, so thank you. And Bob, again. Looking forward to our next iteration, whenever that may come, and dropping more, you know, knowledge and insight, um, you know, that is just in- incredibly resonant and valuable to to our community members that we so care, so so deeply care about. So, thanks again, brother. Thanks, Bob.